0: Welcome, listeners, to the Whip Twelve podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Kevin, and we are here today to do a tourney recap of sorts. Just in case you missed uh, some of the last few deep dive episodes with Raymond, I had the the pleasure to come onto the podcast with him and do an episode on steel phalanx and military orders. And uh, Raymond was kind enough to you know, let me step up and take the opportunity to host. So I'm very excited to be here doing that. And, uh, Kevin, thanks for joining me for this adventure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to go over, uh, the really fun event. We just hosted, um, I ran white co, uh, the episode I recorded earlier for Raymond got me really excited about white company and some of the recent changes that I hadn't tested out yet. So I, uh, decided to take them for a spin in this, in this event.
0: Great. So just to give a little background to listeners, my hope here is to do a tourney recap. I know that this is not a big event, so it's not one that most of the listeners of the podcast will be familiar with, but I have found that tourney recaps on other podcasts have been enjoyable. And especially I wanted to take the opportunity to, you know obviously just create some content for listeners to listen to but also have a chance to do a deep dive into some of the tourney prep some of the strategies that players go through to to get prepared for it and then also a chance to do a little bit of a look into an army in action right the deep dives that Raymond has been doing have been fantastic and they are a lot of theory crafting, right? Looking at a a picture without uh, as much application. And so having a chance to actually go through a list, talk about a strategy, and then talk about results and lessons to take away from it, I think could be a a good adventure. Absolutely. Cool. So you want to tell us about the event?
1: Okay. So this was a um, a, a backyard event, so to speak. It was hosted by my friend, Chris. Uh, He's got a lot of space. And this is the second 16-player event we've hosted in the space. Uh, We've built a pretty large playgroup. Everybody brings their own table. You know, we we run it like a full ITS, uh, coded and everything. Uh, We had planned it, I think we started planning it um, November and 21, originally for January, but uh, we quickly realized how, foolish it was to to plan something on you know January 15th 2022 whatever it was when there was that huge covid wave after the holidays so it ended up getting pushed back to march um
0: seemed like a good idea
1: yeah yeah it seemed like a very good idea at the time i think uh, at
0: least at least two of us came down with covid in the week week or week and a half leaning up to yeah
1: it. yeah i know i know you got hit by it and my my child's daycare was was shut down by it uh so it was just a bad idea all around and uh luckily a few weeks later everyone in california forgot about covid so we were able to sneak this through in march uh but we called it uh operation brain freeze uh because the lineup was decapitation mind wipe and frostbite uh, and i felt like it was a very appropriate name um my uh my birthday is in January, so I typically like to have an Infinity get together with my Infinity boys, yeah, and and do a little do a little mock tournament, and they've over the years turned into real tournaments.
0: Uh... <clears throat> Beautiful, I love so, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, we didn't we didn't play with any extras, so to speak. Uh, we picked this lineup because we really like Mindwipe. It's one of our favorite missions. Uh, We picked frostbite because it was a new addition with season 13. Uh, And then we picked decapitation because Mindwipe and frostbite are pretty demanding missions. And so we wanted something that had a little bit looser. uh, You know, I don't want to say restrictions on what you can bring, but, you know, kind of a more open-ended mission as far as what you can take into a list and the strategies you can employ uh, in, in decapitation. So that was kind of our our thoughts between the lineup and it sounded like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it was I had a great time. I I don't think I saw anyone who didn't. And the missions are it was it was a really interesting mix for me because I think it pushed me to try to get across the table a lot, which as a pano player I often try not to do. Uh, as a MO and Steel Phalanx player, I I love doing. So Yeah. Military orders just kind of made sense.
1: Yeah, both uh, you know, decapitation and mine wipe, You're you're trying to cross the entire table and kill something that's buried in your opponent's deployment zone behind all of their repeaters and mines and ablative defenses. Right. Uh, so it's a, it was a very like assault oriented lineup. I feel like same with frostbite. You know, there are things to gain by going and blowing something up in your opponent's deployment zone.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, format we're looking at today, we're going to go over our lists uh, and then talk a little bit about why we brought the lists we did. We won't do a blow-by-blow, but just a a general recap of some highlights from our games and then take a little time to talk about lesson learned. So I'll I'll dive in first. Uh, I brought military orders. My... Two lists were the culmination of, I think I saved 15 or 16 lists leading up to this event, trying to figure out what I was going to bring. I basically yeah, I made, hated... about a, I made about a dozen, too. Right. And I, I think I hated every list I brought, and or every list I came up with, and then finally settled on uh, two that... We're gonna get me out of my comfort zone, and that was sort of part of it. Was the Lost Lieutenant challenge for the month of March was sort of pushing. Uh, the idea was to avoid direct risky engagements, right? To mitigate risk by shooting people in the back, by using speculative fire, by uh, avoiding those actual face-to-face roles. Sure. And so, uh, my first list was not that one. It was just a hospitaler link and mendoza so i I sort of went heavy infantry all the way uh deferson was my lieutenant i had a knight of santiago killer hacker in that team because those two together before this most recent update uh, i think is was one of the biggest powerhouses of hacking that that you can bring in a core fire team
1: yeah it was it was really excellent um a great a great mix of hackers because they both had trinity they were right. both able to defend against like a killer hacker assault. Right. Whereas you still had the uh, really awesome hacker that is DeFerson, you know, Whip Wh- Whip 14 hacker in yep. Pano is a big deal.
0: Right, right. He's he's the only one. And uh and then there was a hospital or doctor with a multi rifle, HMG, and then my fifth member could either be Constantinos or an order sergeant with a heavy rocket launcher. I love I know- that
1: profile. That 15-point yeah. order sergeant, heavy rocket launcher.
0: Oh, it's great. And it's, yeah. it's nice to have a second gun that can reach out to 32 inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of players don't love Constantinos because he is a little pricey. Never but, run him. Right. I I really like having MSV2 because Hospitallers, and even to a certain extent, Teutons are not dominant enough in close combat for me to be comfortable being cut off by smoke with something like a Dada Razi. And uh, there's just not as many intuitive shot capable direct templates in that army. And so I, I like having the MSV. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then Mendoza, who is just an absolute monster. Baby uh, Achilles. Right. Right. With fire. Exactly and then an engineer to, you know, get anybody out of any negative states and potentially hit a classified. Uh, Two mule bots and one fugazi, which brings me to a total of 11. I left the fugazi in the second group, and I could pull it over to the first when something died. Sure, sure. Um, Basically, the idea was I wanted at least two threat vectors the core team is a really significant one, and if my opponent sleeps on Mendoza, then uh, he can he can do a lot of damage. Uh, most games, just because I didn't have the forward deployed support for Mendoza, he you know he did okay.
1: Yeah, he's he's kind of easy to poach with hackers, right? Uh, if if he, if you don't have things to insulate him with.
0: Uh, the second list is the list that really got me out of my comfort zone. So, uh, for me, I know this is a, a style that I've seen other players do. Uh, Joel Traveler or Rattler next. He really likes to do a lot of forward deployment and hidden deployment, and you know, keep keep your opponent guessing. And uh, so, this is sort of a a thing that I put together a list and thought of him and. It's uh, a Teuton Harris. You got the NCO, Lieutenant, and uh, TinBot. I brought Constantinos as an Infiltrator, Dart, so those two are on the table, two Trinitarian Forward Observers with submachine guns, one Trinitarian Multi-Sniper, one Knight of Santiago uh, Airborne Deployment, and a Crusader Brethren with a Multi-Rifle Light Flamethrower. My second combat group has a Mulebot Evo Hacker and a War Corps. So I've got five models starting off the table or invisible.
1: That is really uh, really stretching yourself out there.
0: Uh-huh. I don't I've, like doing it, but it was fun.
1: <laughs> I probably would have uh, not taken the warcore and found some way to knock one of those Trinitarians up to the Mine Layer.
0: Yeah, I, I went back and forth on that. Uh, I like the Mine Layer. I like the boarding shotgun, but eh, it just didn't happen.
1: Sure. I've definitely ran Dart and the three Trinitarians before, but I I didn't sprinkle two combat jumpers on top of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was real uncomfortable because most turns I I had five or fewer orders in that first combat group. But when your two specialists start right next to the objectives and are hidden deployed, unless your opponent ran Sansa up, then it only takes one order to get to the button, maybe two if you have to duck around, you know, sure. Overwatch. And so uh, it, it turned out to be pretty efficient, actually. I was able to to do almost everything. Uh, my opponent did, and, you know, I'll get to that. But yeah. It's,
1: f- it's five orders, but you're really saving ten orders because they're all... Right where they need to be immediately.
0: Right, right. Shooters and and specialists are all already in position if you do deployment well and uh, take advantage of openings with the AD. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: So uh, let's, let's hear about your list, Kevin.
1: Okay, so my lists, I, I shared at least versions of them in my episode of White Company. Uh, my first list I made mainly for mind wipe and decapitation uh this list is built around sandbagging behind repeaters and camo tokens i run about as many as i i can comfortably fit into a list in uh, as far as camo tokens and repeaters and good ways to place repeaters Uh, it's definitely a a, a missile bot list that's more built on uh, hiding and picking good fights with the bs-11 guilangs um i've got uh the the beast hunter uh starting group one uh for me in white company uh i'm bringing the camo panzer faust one uh the 15 pointer yep i have a wheeling mine layer which uh, would end up doing a whole lot of work for me in the event uh it's uh it's a great profile It's, it's my, you know, a sneaky way to get mines or deployable repeater in your opponent's deployment zone. Uh, Starting out my core, I brought Hawkwood as a lieutenant with the K1 Marksman rifle. Uh, I, I picked Hawkwood because I felt that he was one of the harder lieutenants to remove in White Company since I was probably going to be doing decapitation with this list. Right. Uh the, the, the hardest one to remove in White Company is probably the Gui Lang, but I also felt like I was gonna need all of my SWC to make this list really do what I wanted it to do. So I didn't have that one SWC to like make a Lang, the lieutenant. Plus I'm maxing out my ABA on the Guilangs uh because I'm taking a mine layer and I'm taking a Gui Lang hacker who's going to be my Uber hacker in Minewipe. Uh, so yep. Hawkwood just seemed like the best choice in, in between the two missions going into the, in the scenario between the two for the lieutenant. Uh, I brought the Hideout Sniper, uh, a big favorite of mine. Uh, I expect to still use him a whole lot, even though he got he got dinged a little bit.
2: Yeah,
1: um, I brought uh, Valeria. Uh, I just really love her kit. Uh, combi rifle. I love the Zapper. Um, I love it. It, it kind of has offensive and defensive uses. Uh, linked pitcher is great. Uh, whip 14 is great i th- this list really needs a hacker that has six cents yeah and she was the best option for what i could plug into a core and get six cents because there are no hackers who naturally have it in white right. company right um i round out that link team with uh, a fuselier with a combi rifle he's just a goon to fill it out um he's not going to be making my list anymore i'll tell you that much Uh, and a Fuseler paramedic um, who really, really overperformed throughout the day. Um, Next up in that group one, I've got Liang Kai, uh, who I brought him for multiple reasons. Uh, He's kind of like my main strategy for popping the server in Mindwipe. I found that his... Mimitism and dodge modifiers, and his berserk. He was one of the best ways to finagle some way to hit that uh, server around whatever defenses could be thrown up.
2: Yeah, um, and, and it was
1: it was pretty effective in my in my in all the practice games that I did with this list.
0: Right, and you choose him over Shona. Is any particular reason?
1: Um, I choose him over Shona because he is six points cheaper. Um, he has mimetism. Uh, he is impetuous also, and I am a real sucker for extra activations. Sure. So, so that makes a really big difference for me, especially when he's just you know e- either slowly creeping up the board with that order into a good position or chilling. And then when the coast is finally clear and that turn starts, he can you know use it to get a little bit of extra mileage going towards going towards the server. You know, he's, he's got across the whole table. Um, and, and at the time Shona wasn't really joining the links that I was bringing. So I wasn't really gonna send her over there solo and, and, and also like Liang Kai as a solo, as a solo piece, right? He's got forward deployment and mimetism. And he also is armed with a flash pulse of whip 14. So he can do a face to face a lot farther out than Shona can, if he has to, if he has to use that, um, he's just always made a lot more sense to me to bring the Shona and white company, but now that they're both wild cards, they're going to be seeing the table a lot more for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to switch up the missions. Our group has been playing and play more armory focused okay. missions and stuff like that. Um, anyway, uh, next up in the list, we've got uh, Fugazi just for more, uh, more repeater coverage uh, and a Danibus, Uh And, and that uh, rounds out group one at 10 units uh, group two is the, the guilin hacker I mentioned before. I brought him to be an Uber hacker, uh, yep. because he's a good unlinked piece to make use of that order. Uh, I gave him his, his own order group so that, uh, he could, you know, m- make full use of those five orders, then kick it up to six with the extra. Um, I've got a peacemaker and a spitfire. Um, I brought this because I thought that I was going to be, probably facing atalanta at some point and between Danavis and peacemaker the white noise and the spitfire and the bot uh i i figured there's a there's a way to pick her apart with that somewhere in there yeah um in the in the future i, I would probably redistribute that swc though uh and then next up we've got a fugazi just for more repeater coverage in the order uh a varangian guard the uh, submachine gun, chain rifle, smoke grenade. Um, in the future, I would definitely be bringing the uh, new trench hammer profile into mind wipe, but it wasn't a thing when this took place. So, yeah. um, And then number five in group two, it rounds out the whole list with a, uh, a missile bot. So this list has repeaters all over the place. It has two WIP-14 hackers and a WIP-15 hacker. Uh, the, the hackers have upgraded burst, uh, in the active turn for the, you know, relevant hacks I'm going to be doing with them. Right. Um, so this one is really about just uh, hiding behind camo tokens, hoping you get targeted before you fight my, you know, limited AROs um, and then punishing with the missile bot if you got you targeted and don't don't strip it before my turn starts. Yeah. Great. Um, and then uh, my next list was one I fiddled with for a while. Uh, I went a certain way with it and I ended up regretting it. But uh, the the Guija is one of my favorite units in White Company. I think it's really a lot of fun to play and I, I just want to get good with it and I want, and I want to learn it well. So this yeah. list is, is built specifically for Frostbite. It uh, can probably do the other lists. It has the tools to do them, but I definitely really only built it with Frostbite in mind. Uh, it starts yeah. out with a Guija, the non-lieutenant version. Um, and then I've got a core, uh, I've got the Orc Feuerbach, hideout multi-sniper, Valeria, Fusilier paramedic, Fusilier combi-rifle. Uh, and then I've got a Harris, uh, in the Harris, I have an Orc HMG who's my Lieutenant. Um, I picked this because this list could possibly have done decapitation and I needed the extra SWC savings that you get for picking that profile. Yeah. Uh, and also in you know, I don't normally take him without the the insurance of chain of command because you're just one oblivion away from loss of lieutenant. Right. But I figured because he was doing possibly decapitation, uh it was it was safe because at least one of the missions was protected from loss of lieutenant if I ended up using this list to do that mission. Right. Uh in the rest of that, Harris is a, a jujack engineer. Uh, I brought him just because in case I had to do mine wipe, you know, he's beefy enough to tank a mine as he goes down the table and he's got the D charges. And also I've been killing the Guija lately with the Mech engineer, engineer <laughs> role. So I've resigned to only do burst to gizmo kits. If I'm trying to repair the Guija just to give myself the best chance that, you know, hopefully stop killing it. Uh, third member of that Harris is the hideout killer hacker. Uh, and then we've got a uh, Varangian, for uh, smoke for my sniper rifle. Uh, and this list has the uh, the bounty hunter as well in there because it was my frostbite list. Yeah. And so my plan here was to just go ham with the Guija as hard as I could and hope that the 5HI um, that could you know relink as they take casualties or, or, or what have you would be able to finish out the mission after the Guija died because the Guija just always dies when I pilot it, cause I use it very uh, aggressively in battering ram style. And I just kind of see what chaos can ensue from driving it into my opponent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, well, we'll get to it, but it, it didn't go great.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: All right. Um, my, my plan for frostbite with this one was to make the, the Guija, the uh, frost trooper and convert the irregular order. From the bounty hunter to a regular order for the Guija. So I was just trying to like break the order cap with the Guija was my main strategy for this
0: list. Yeah. I mean, 12 orders on a tag is it's real good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I definitely am interested in the future working in maybe Lieutenant Guija on top of that to get the extra order in there, backing it up with chain of command. Yeah. uh, Hawkwood. And then also, now that we've got linkable Tao Wu getting that counterintelligence in there too, just to make it like, no, I'm gonna <laughs> shove twelve orders of tag at you.
2: Right. Oof. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a cool. Uh, I would. Uh, I would not love to be on the receiving end of it, but but it'd be it'd be fun to see.
2: Sometimes
1: it works. Sometimes it doesn't.
0: Right. All right. Cool. Uh, so just real briefly, my opponents for the day uh two vanilla combined uh the first was davin whose its name i don't remember but he brought a an avatar list for decapitation it's a it's a great option it's a real good lieutenant real hard to kill
1: yeah we uh we bought that for davin for his birthday and we're already all regretting it
0: (laughs) there you go uh he he did bring the chain of command um What's the Shazvasti guy? Um, uh, the Caliban. The, the Caliban. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess I'll. Yeah, let's just. Oh, instead of splitting it up, we'll we'll go through the battle reports here. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so my goal, I I brought my my heavy infantry list. Um, my goal was to you know, have a really aggressive team that I could get across the table and do a lot of damage. And then my opponent uh, put down an avatar. <laughs> and uh, in the end, I ended up taking my team and going across the table and trying to do a lot of damage anyway. I I did manage to get some pretty good angles with the Hospital or HMG. And there is, there is something beautiful and magical about that moment where... You catch a model, it's a bad range. I'm rolling five dice on 17, and you know my opponent's like, well, I guess I'll roll one die on a 10 or 11 to dodge, because that's my best option.
2: Yeah,
1: and the uh, the hospitaler HMG is one of those units that you're still going to be seeing those types of numbers from in the new environment.
0: Yeah, yeah, even even if he's on a 15, I mean five dice on 15 is still crushing.
1: Yeah, I mean you were pretty close to a pure hospitaler link.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was just the...
1: Just shy the, because of the uh, Constantinos.
0: Well, the the hacker, too. The Santiago, yeah. Santiago doesn't count. But, you know, that's it's doable. You put that somewhere else and get another hospitaler in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that new character, there's some interesting options. Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cool name, too.
0: Right. So the, the sort of climax of that game, I guess there were a couple big moments. My opponent dropped in a uh, Raziat behind my link he managed to get uh, eclipse down he was trying to close in and get into close combat with deferson because he's got an afterborn warrior his numbers are a little better and my sixth sense meant that i just got to dodge a lot and because of high fizz I was able to stay far enough away that he couldn't close that gap without taking a bunch of AROs and he did actually manage to get in close combat with my doctor and I got a real lucky roll, managed to win the exchange and his Raziat failed an armor save and went down.
1: Um, yeah, Hospitaller's no slouches. And, right. and if, if you play that game, you're still really counting on the one die.
0: Right, right. And one die will... Will swing either way. Mm-hmm. Lucky for me, it swung my way.
1: You roll one die on your turn, you'll lose every time.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on your opponent's turn, though, it's all yeah. gravy. Uh, and then the other big moment, I, I ran my core team all the way across the table to pin down the avatar. I managed to isolate it, but I didn't have enough orders at the end of that run to actually get into close combat with the Avatar. So I was hoping to isolate it, get into close combat, lock it down, and even if I didn't kill it in that moment, I'd be in a real strong position and my opponent would, would have to scramble to recover from that. So you got like two-thirds of the way. I mean, I'd say it was three-quarters. I, <laughs> I had it isolated. It was in my zone of control with Deferson. Uh, and I was on the opposite side of a, you know, six and a half, seven inch building. So he couldn't walk around the building to see me in one order. So I, I had a chance no matter what to get another hacking ARO in. In the end, my my opponent had the two orders, right? Because attack awareness and isolated. And he spent the first one. I kept him isolated He didn't move all the way out of my zone of control. His second order, he moved out. I succeeded at my roll, but he passed his, so his reset. He was not isolated anymore, but I still beat him, so he had to take the BTS save, and uh, he rolled an 11, and he needed a 10. Or a 10 would have failed, and he rolled an 11. Wow. And so uh, then the avatar eviscerated my link. <laughs> yeah, this is about where I walked up to the table
1: uh, and I saw your guys up up the board, uh, you know, against a bunker or a crate or something like that. Really in the mid table with yeah. the avatar full of orders yep. running around and slicing the pie on you. And I, I thought to myself, man, Kyle is really living every player's nightmare right now you know, up, up the board with the, with the avatar bearing down on you, nowhere right. to hide from it. Yeah. it's it, it was looking like a wipe,
0: right? It was, it was rough. Uh, luckily I had managed to dwindle his order pool enough and I had killed both designated targets and he still had to kill the second one. So he, he did kill three members of my link and his last order, uh, my designated target, because it was within the negative three band of the HMG for the avatar, was able to win the face-to-face. I, I rolled a good dodge, and he nice. didn't get the dice he needed. And my hospitaler doctor managed to pick Deferson back up, and that was just enough to get me a win. That's awesome. Yeah, it was very, uh...
1: very close. I, I bet. I bet he regretted not uh, double tapping Deferson to make sure he got the, the actual <laughs> kill. Right, right. Yeah. Uh
0: do you want to go through your first game?
1: Sure. Here we go. My my first game was uh against a player who I've been talking to for a really long time. We've been in a lot of the chat same chat groups for a while, but this was actually our first game with each other. Uh it was Khan. Uh he was yeah. playing J- JSA and uh Mission 1, so uh decapitation. Um he I believe, I, I don't remember who won the role, but I ended up going first because it was decapitation and he ended up picking sides. Um, I got uh, a side that was more connected to a tall structure in the center of the table. Uh, yeah. So I kind of deployed, um, I, I took my double Guilang list here. Uh, I, I deployed pretty, pretty conservatively, conservatively, uh, not too much stuff up. Um, the the table kind of had I feel like a lot of times on decapitation, the way the tables get set up is there are these like pockets to put the HVTs along the sides of the table. You know, yeah. there are just these like spots where they kind of naturally fit. So it was kind of that table for me. And I I, I had my guys around there. Uh, I I saved my... Lang Mine Layer is my reserve um, because that was one of my main decapitation strategies. Was to get that repeater on a tucked lieutenant and get the kill on it with my missile bot yeah. um, yeah. instead of just going there and trying to fight whatever badass they picked for decapitation because there's no lost lieutenant, you know? Right. Uh, and then he deploys um, almost nothing. Uh, he puts out a uh, Kasatsu link with uh I believe the character's name is Neko okay. uh, and yeah yeah he had and then and then there's also like a uh, I don't recall the the name of the units but there's like a like a more deluxe li that you can plug into the link
0: the Kempei with the MSC 2
1: yeah yeah and then uh, there was a missile launcher there too and a paramedic um, and he kind of deploys that like on the opposite corner of the board from my uh, core fire team okay uh, and then he puts down a couple of remotes and that's it and so i'm like oh man this guy's going ham with hidden deployment he's got right. a whole bunch of stuff off the table and and he had he, he, he did uh so he puts that down my reserve i put it uh, as basically as close as i can to his core fire team because neko's his lieutenant yeah uh, i put it in, in a place where i can run a route to kill the designated target on my way to plant the deployable repeater in the middle of the link. Uh, and then his reserve is um, the character Oniwaben. Is it Kitsune? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know where he picked, but he failed the role. And so she goes, she goes back to home base basically uh, yeah. and isn't much of a factor during the game.
2: Yeah. That's uh, rough.
1: Yeah. The, the game, the game starts up, and I, I run the, the plan I just described. I, I run the mine layer up, bag the DT on the way, uh, use my camo to move move past uh, his Kasatsu missile launcher. Um, and then I'm, I've got it in a good spot where it's kind of like up in this business of the link, but pretty safe from like dodging in to a point where it can be, it can be seen. And I start, uh, I pin the missile launcher down with, with a mine, and then I uh, layer of Peter down in the middle of the fire team. He takes the opportunity to dodge to just see if he can beat the mine, and he doesn't. And and he fails to save, and he dies. And and that would be kind of his theme for the the rest of the game was his dice were upside down when he needed low, he rolled high, and when he needed high, yeah. he rolled low. Uh, I get the repeater down. Uh, I use the Danavis first to burst three isolate neko and then i pop camo with my guinling hacker to give him another minus three on top of that to put the targeted on him yep and then uh then i lay him out with the missile and that that catches another core length member uh so he's at that point lost three get three guys from his core uh so he's he's kind of in in rough shape i spend the rest of my turn posturing uh but he's JSA, so he's already there on top of the DTs, so his turn comes around, and he just pops two on Iwabon, uh, who immediately kill their DTs and died at either AROs or or mines, I've set. Uh, my, my turn comes back around, uh, and I, I set more mines, and I hunt down his other designated target. Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of like ARO presence or anything like that, because he's got... You know, uh right. Kitsune's in the back, both his Oniwaban are down. His core fire team is uh, doesn't have any firepower anymore. Uh and then uh from there we pretty much uh just call it. He just doesn't feel like he has the reach to like tie it on LT kills. Gotcha. Um so uh yeah, I, I uh I, I I took that one on on LT kills and, and the D T kills. I okay. forget what the other scoring, I guess army points as well. Um, he, uh, at some point revealed a ninja hacker, which was his other hidden deployment. (laughs) So he had at least four that I saw, maybe he had one, he didn't even put on the table. Uh, but once that was down, uh, Liang Kai had a route where he could just run and berserk it and, uh, died to a shock round from the SMG, but the, the hacker was more points than Liang Kai. So once I had a lead in the other objectives, I just focused on just trading, Right, trying to see whatever kind of good trades I could get. Uh, so uh, I ended up taking that one, and we uh, we, we we finished finished pretty quick. Um, like I said, con con's dice were upside down, and uh, my my plan just just worked. And I just rolled the dice I needed to roll to make it work, and game went my way. We were playing on Chris's uh, Hawk Islam theme table, which he's put a ton of work into. It's a it's a really nice uh, table from Wildland Terrain.
0: Oh yeah. It's beautiful. It's a lot uh, of, uh, green mat, I think. And then the buildings are white with gold trim.
2: It looks, yeah, it looks very nice.
1: It's, it's like a, like a, like a golden blue theme. Yeah. Uh, so the battles are always very cinematic on that table. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. The, uh, Oh man, that's, uh, two Oniwaban and Shinobu. I mean, that's, and a ninja, that's yeah,
1: right?
0: that's, that's a, upwards of 150 points and, in one wound hidden deployment model. So when they yeah. go down, that's a, that's a big loss. And they,
1: they spent their order, they did their thing and then they, yeah, right. they, they went down. Um, yeah, I knew, I knew as soon as I was up against JSA and DCAP that it could go really either way. And that, you right. know, my, my DTs were pretty much forfeit immediately. And that I just had to make sure that whatever killed them got killed doing it. And, and right. I was able to do that.
0: Cool. Great. Well, congrats. So, uh, I think that was, uh, for both of us the last games that went well
1: it was my last win of the day I'll say that yeah, much yeah me too <laughs> uh,
0: so round two I was against Polly Nikes and his vanilla combined yikes uh, he had Shaskin I've, I've played him a number of times I we've had a lot of very good games and then occasionally a couple games where a dice just decide for us how the game's going to go uh, and this was this was a really fun, a really close game. i uh, I brought my out of my comfort zone list because he's playing vanilla combined. I know that he likes to use hackers and he uses them very well. I know that he likes to bring a missile bot and he doesn't always, but it's a useful tool. and so I wasn't about to put you know six models on the table that cost more than two hundred points that he can just start dropping missiles on sure um, or lock up with oblivion or whatever he's going to do. So I try this list where I've got very few orders and the, the big takeaway for me was that if you start right where you need to be, you don't need a lot of orders. And it was a good reminder for me because I tend to, I tend to gravitate towards that core fire team, maybe a Harris uh, not really investing a lot in hidden deployment usually, not investing a lot in AD, which I don't understand why I do. I know that both of those things are very good, and I should use them more.
1: I feel like the conventional knowledge is to bring them in moderation, though, and not just right. go full tilt, half my list isn't on the table.
0: Right, right. And, you know, one one AD and one hidden deployment I, I think is a is a pretty good ballpark. But one of the things that was really cool about what I had is, you know, he looked at what I had and immediately knew there are some threats, right? He's ready for a Trinitarian Sniper. He's ready for a couple more hidden deployment. He knows the AD is going to come in. And so even though I don't have anything looking down the table to slow him down, he was cautious. He took longer to advance than he could have. He tossed smoke to cover fire lanes. And so he was able to. Uh, I think he picked off my Evo Hacker and my Warcore right away um, with a, a Taiga, or I think it was a Taiga. Just ran up and took them? Yeah. Because, you know, I've got nothing really standing up. My Teutons were covering themselves and one and a half of the consoles in my zone, but I had left the two objectives pretty open. Uh, my trinitarian sniper was overwatching a real long fire lane and i wanted to wait until he had a model that was getting close to the you know its target the server that it needed to destroy before sure. i reveal it sure and you know cuz it's better to shoot somebody after they've spent five or six orders moving than uh, before they've used those orders and uh yeah it was it was good to see that he did have the respect for it. And I also kind of wonder, I mean, he could have just run across the table, right? Cause he started with the daughter Razai, and a Taiga and I, I probably wouldn't have done anything at all uh, because it is the first turn. It's a cheap model. And so he could have gotten where he needed to go. Uh, he did toss smoke on one objective and send bit and kiss over to push a button. And, and that was a good move. And uh, in my turn, I spent one order to move a Trinitarian into base contact and drop prone. He had a couple AROs to, you know, they all they could do was delay, and then I pushed the button. And he did target the Trinitarian, but there was no risk of the Trinitarian being shot or dying because I was in a hiding spot up against the objective, and if I needed to spend all five of my orders to get that button push to happen, I could have. It only took two. Sure. But having having those pieces there means that then I had a few orders to shuffle around and try to get a couple kills with, with other models. Um, AD was really nice to have too, because as soon as there's a moment where there's something not covered at the edge of the table, you walk that Crusader Brethren on and start shooting stuff in the back and um yeah it was uh it was very good the game really came down to in in his last turn he managed to get my console but he only managed to get one console because my Teutons had kept things locked down and he did manage to sepsiter one of my trinitarians uh because I did not expect that he had brought the Sepsider anathematic, and so I ARO'd to try to slow it down, and then it just dropped the template on me. Ah. Uh, All
2: right, that's uh, fair. Sure.
0: And uh, at the end, this was the moment where not having enough orders did matter. I, I dropped the Santiago. He had a Noctifer missile that was able to get a shot, and I think I couldn't avoid the T-drone, but it was close range one of them missed the other one hit and i actually did make one of the armor saves and ended up failing too so it went unconscious but uh, the santiago could have you know potentially hit that console potentially taken out with the d charges and then i had a trinitarian that was only three orders away from a console that he didn't have covered but uh I only had three orders, so I couldn't actually throw the d charges uh, on it.
1: Sure, sure. So you were you were just shy, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was a it was a fun game. It was a good experience, and it was it was definitely out of my comfort zone.
1: <sighs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a that's a it's a bit of a silly list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it looks it looks like it was a lot of fun, um, and it, you know, it sure doesn't sound like you tabled, yeah. No. It, it just no. sounds like you ran out of gas. And you know, getting getting there and, and hitting the thing in Mindwipe is a, it's a tall order. You really yeah. gotta you really gotta run through the jungle to, to set that decharge. Right. Uh so sometimes there's just not a viable route.
0: Yeah. And you know, it it happened. And I I think in the future I'd I'd probably drop one of the Trinitarians or maybe the Crusader Brethren and boost up my order count a little bit. But you know, it was it was fun? Sure. Uh,
1: n- the Knight of Santiago Combat Jumper is just such an awesome piece for this mission. Yeah. If if he makes the roll. If he makes the roll, yeah. And uh, you you lost your Evo, Evo uh, early, so that wasn't wasn't a guarantee.
0: But he did land it, and uh, and then just died. <laughs> you know, alas. Yeah. So how did your uh, round two? Uh,
1: so my round two, I ended up getting paired with uh, Chris, who is the other TO for the tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're 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 playing at uh, Chris's house. He's been picking up Steel Phalanx lately. He uh, has a taste for out of print armies, I guess, because he played Toha right. for a while and then decided, no, I'm gonna now I'm gonna play Steel Phalanx.
0: Right. Good timing uh, though, because they're uh, they're about to be back in print. I hear. Yeah
1: and and he's been uh really kicking ass with steel phalanx i don't think he's lost yet so i was like all right time to time to punch his ticket yeah um so i i ended up picking the the double guilang list again because i built it really for mind wipe so i was like okay let's let's unveil my secret weapon and and uh really go for it with the list i'm really confident with uh and then he (laughs) ran uh a list that had a, a, a myrmidon team with Phoenix, a sergeant, two myrmidons, and then his other team was uh Ajax, uh, I think a myrmidon, and it's it's a character who's a specialist with a, a Mark 12, uh,
0: uh, Eudoros,
1: Eudoros, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he had he had those two teams and then some ablative stuff, you know, he had the net rods. And uh, some flashbots and Atlanta, yep. and a war court around round it off. So he's he's kind of built for assault. He has I don't think any hacking. I don't think no. most Steel Phoenix players bother to take hacking.
2: No, uh,
0: it's not worth it.
1: Even though I think Sila's a really nice Uber hacker, I'd give her an extra order.
0: Oh, she's she's great. There's yeah. just no repeater coverage in that army.
1: Yeah. Aside from, I mean, does she even have a pitcher? I don't even. She know. has a
0: pitcher. And, and that's, there's, there's no deployable repeaters. Sure. You know, you can bring the the remotes, but.
1: There's no sneaky way to get it down. No. Uh, So he, he wins the Lieutenant role and uh, picks to go first. Um, I, I get a, uh, we're playing on my, my friend Will's uh, Toha table that he homebrewed. He designed and printed it out. Uh, And, and I get the side that's, uh, I mean, it is really a castle. Like I've got a, yeah. a big a big platform uh, with cover on it, and a big tower on that that sees a lot of the table. And there's even like uh, uh, a wall around the structure too. So there's places to hide on the wall and below in the ground. Uh, his deployment zone's really just like a uh, a landing zone. Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely this this table had a good deploy and a bad deploy, and and I got the good right. deploy. Uh, I I put everything prone. Um, even though uh Atalanta and Hideout is a is a pretty uh even fight, you know, I think the hideout would be on sixteens and Atalanta would be on eighteens, right? Yeah. Uh at least at, at this point in the game. Um so I, I put him prone even though I know these Myrmidons are gonna be running at me. Uh luckily he doesn't have any extra orders when he deploys. Right, uh, But I just put up my, put up my repeater wall. Uh, I save the Guilang mine layer as my reserve again. Um, he deploys, he sees I'm all prone and he deploys his Myrmidons conga line, just ready to go. The, the four man team with Phoenix, uh, the Ajax team is a little bit more conservatively deployed. Uh, mm-hmm. He ends up being very conservative with how he deploys Atalanta and, um, I don't know if he saw the the Danavis white noise peacemaker combo coming or uh if he if he was just being conservative with her but he he kicks his turn off I sap group 1 he has I think seven orders for these Myrmidons and charges them across the table and finds a route to get into my deployment zone around my repeaters and kills my missile bot he just goes straight for the missile bot he's like I'm not even <laughs> Not even gonna play that game, uh, and he 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 gets it down. He uh, runs into my beast hunter on his way to get it. Uh, he walks the sergeant up cautiously to check if it's a mine. The mine doesn't go off, uh, and he asked me what my arrow is, and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll flame you." And he's like, um, "Okay, I'll uh, I'll triple boarding shotgun you and tank the flamethrower." <laughs> and they both die, uh, so so I ended up trading up there, but I've still got two myrmidons and Phoenix that are are really in my face. Uh, so my turn comes around. Um, I have the Wheeling uh, Mine Layer in a pretty good place. I start running it up into his DZ, um, but I kind of I get like get discovered along the way, so I have to recam on stuff, and it really just kind of ends up taking more more orders than I wanted to spend on it. And the hideout had a couple of those Myrmidons that he could stand up and see. And also uh, in my attack run with the Lang hacker, I was giving uh, Ajax multiple dodges and Chris had unknowingly dodged into the line of fire of the hideout, which uh, I've seen happen a lot. You know, people dodge and don't really, don't really check line of sight to from where they're dodging to. And then all of a sudden, Oh, now the court can see you because you are trying to get free move, you know? Right. Um, and the, uh, so the hideout stands up and, uh, I pop, I pop the Myrmidon who killed the missile launcher. Um, I take a shot at Ajax. Uh, this gives another Myrmidon a dodge who dodges four inches around a corner and I can't shoot him again. And he pretty conservatively, uh, parts, uh, Phoenix. So I never really got a shot at him. Um, so I don't, uh, really get a ton done on my turn. Um, you know, I, uh, I killed a Mermidon and a warcore, and I think maybe something else, but, but not, not much else. Uh, and then his turn comes around and he doesn't want this wheeling boarding shotgun parked in his DZ near his, you know, uh, net rods and Atalanta and stuff like that. Uh, I left my hideout up at the end of my turn on arrow duty. So he is in eclipse mode basically to get over and gang up on the, the, Gui Guilang. Uh, and so, uh, they all got stealth. They get eclipse on him. Uh, I fail the one dodge I get and then I don't get any arrows and then I get beat up by three guys in CC basically. Yeah, um, yeah. He then has enough orders to uh, move up, get some more Eclipse down and flip his console. Uh, And the server it picks is the server that's like in the castle. So like the worst possible server he could have pulled, you know, like right where my my link team and all my units are chilling right on top of it already. Uh, So he ends his turn and uh, uh, parks that link a a little bit forward up, but out of line of sight of the hideout sniper. and then my turn comes around, uh, so, I guess turn four now. Uh, and I'm like, man, I gotta get these myrmidons and uh, Phoenix out of my deployment zone because he's not gonna let, you know, he, <laughs> he's not gonna pass another turn on him. He's definitely gonna, that's his end game. Uh, and so I, I run my wheelling Uber hacker back, and between his MSV1, and healing him two separate times with a linked med kit for my fusilier in the core, I'm able to use his mines and combi rifle to eliminate Phoenix and the Myrmidon and, and, and clear my deployment zone. Nice. Uh, and then I've got, I've got two orders left um, to spend. And so first order, I stand up the Danavis, shoot a pitcher right on Ajax. Second order, I go prone and isolate Ajax and um we end up calling the game uh a draw there because i had i had my classified he had the console um, and i think between the other objectives not losing a console we uh had four objective points each but gotcha. uh, the the tournament had started kind of late and that round seemed to to go quick for everyone else and then also we were doing a lot of like answering a lot of to questions in that game
2: yeah
1: uh so it just cut into our time a lot um and if, if it had gone on it could have very much very much have easily just gone on to another draw where I get my console and he gets uh, his class. He couldn't get his classified, so he would have gone for uh, the secure. secure HVT. Yeah, so if the game had gone to the final turn, he would have probably tried to sandbag, see if he could pick anything off with Atalanta, get secure HVT. And then my final turn, I would have to to win, I would have to get the console and undo whatever he did to get secure HVT. So we both agreed that it was really likely that this game was going to draw either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think drawing at a five to five would have been better for both of us than drawing at four to four, but <laughs> it just wasn't the time to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh man, that's a tough matchup, uh, especially for that mission because trying to get through, Trying to get through your core team to get to the objective is rough, and trying to get into Steel Phalanx deployment zone is is a task.
1: Yeah, and uh, my, that list that I was playing was very squishy, and the Steel Phalanx list was not. So there was a lot of just uh, you know Nano Pulser hitting my Lang at going down. I got to heal it again. Right. Uh, luckily, between the 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 Linked Fusilier hitting really well with his med kit, even though it was bad range and mimetism, uh, and the the Gwilinx Fizz 12, he was just like Frankenstein, you, gotcha. you know, just uh, piecing him back together over and over again until I was able to get rid of
0: this, these uh, This may be leftover from um, N3, but doesn't mimetism stop working while you're in a null state?
1: Uh, I think you're right actually okay. uh, because it's an automatic skill. I think it stops functioning. Yeah. So Maybe I didn't factor it in, yeah. uh, but either either awesome. way I was landing with the darts and uh, right. Right. healed it, healed it back up two separate times. And then it, it was, I was laying a mine then getting in a position to take my combi rifle shot, dying to an animal Pulser, take one wood off <laughs> and then rinse, right. r- pick him back up, rinse and repeat.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: that's great. All right. Uh, so round three, um, I was paired against Joe, a.k.a. Puma Driftcat, and the last time I'd seen him at Livermore, which was the, the other event you guys had run, I was playing Steel Phalanx, he was playing Foreign Company, and, uh, you know, it, it went incredibly well my way, and this was Joe's chance to get sweet revenge. He brought... Vanilla Ariadna with two bears
1: the the, the the notorious Joe bears yeah yeah
0: yeah and i went with the Hospitaller list again i don't know if it was the right choice but it is what it is
1: there's no right choice against yeah. the bears
0: it's true um the table was really interesting it was that table that paul brought with rocks it was uh, essentially just an entire table of rock formations with two or three buildings in it. And it's visually a very cool table. And it, the rocks themselves present some very good hiding places, which is great and also made it very hard for me to leverage my two threat vectors because he could just avoid them by hiding behind a bunch of rocks and then sure. I'd have to spend a lot of orders to actually get to anything and dig it out. Um, I did kill he had a couple camo metros with panzer faust that i you know just hmg'd him down and uh the uh initial sign that this game was going to be a rough one is when his metros made their armor saves against my high burst hmg both of them survived the first round of shooting heartbreaking so uh yeah, it did not get better from there. Uh, he used the bears really well. He, you know, ran them up, used smoke to get it where he wanted to be. Uh, he managed to knock Mendoza unconscious with one, and then take out my my bounty hunter. Uh, I used the med kit on the hospitaler, which that thing and you know linked med kit at BS seventeen is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if if you're within range, you're you're just hitting twice, uh, which is pretty cool.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: But I brought Mendoza back. I didn't manage to get enough bullets into the bear to actually take it down, and the bear managed to take Mendoza off the table uh, shortly after that.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really have the right gun to shoot at that target. You really right. need BTS, which yeah. can be hard to come by sometimes in Pano, especially yep. in uh, military orders. I feel like there's not... Can't really think of many breaker or, I mean, you got the occasional nano nano pulser on your knights here and there, but right there's there's not really something that can tap a bear several times with BTS damage in
0: that army. No, no, my best my best luck against bears in the past has been if I can get a Spitfire or an HMG on it and just through way to dice wear it down.
1: Yeah, if you can catch them on the active turn, right, um, and get rid of them, but uh, reactive there's there's not a lot of great responses to that
2: right
0: so the really the two big moments um he he used his impetuous bear to come at my link team and i had set up so that his approach was going to be real tough and with a lot of arrows and you know he used a couple extra orders to throw smoke and got it where he wanted to be he got two templates down on first and i think i shot him with three heavy infantry i hit the bear six times it's not in cover it's impetuous jefferson managed to you know be a hero and make at least one of his armor rolls and the bear made six armor rolls. Ah! And then he spent another order. He ran past a person, started laying templates on the rest of my link team, and I think I hit the bear something like eighteen times, and it made all of its armor rolls until it finally failed two and went dogged. <laughs> cool. But at that point, he'd he'd knocked down at least two. I think three members of the link team. Uh, which, you know, at that point was pretty catastrophic.
1: Sure, you probably would have been better off with the other list than just hiding.
0: Right, right. Right? Yeah. Um, But I still had a chance to to make it out because DeFerson had survived. I had the last turn, and I just needed to gun down a bounty hunter, get to the middle of the table, push a button, and I think I could have done it. And uh, instead he cripped me with a glue gun and Deferson was stuck.
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, that's all she
2: wrote.
1: That'll do it. Yeah. That, that last round went pretty quick for everybody. I feel like. Yeah. Um, in my mm-hmm. game, I ended up getting paired with uh, someone I, I'd met him at events before. This was the first game we played a guy named Josh. Uh, really fun opponent. He was playing Varuna. Uh, mm-hmm. We are doing frostbite yeah. uh the the, fi- the final mission and I, I i decided that the day's getting late i'm I've, I've i've had several beers at this point so i'm just gonna have fun and 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 do what i came to do and, and roll with the guija right yeah uh this this ends up not being the best course of action because he ends up deploying uh uh i, I take first turn he gets deployment and he puts down a full like Castle Varuna build, you know right. the Camo Link, a Cutter, Helots, uh, a Montessa, and Flashbots, uh, yeah. and he's he's a pretty uh, conservative player too. So even though he had pretty strong AROS and Camo Helots and stuff like that, he didn't really give me a very target rich environment. Uh, which I play Helots totally different. They're they're up up on duty for the whole table, the whole game, and right. they they react the first chance they get um so i uh we're we're playing on like a ruins table and the 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 table's just swiss cheese like it's huge lines of sight everywhere there's not very many places to hide there's some ruined buildings that have like a second floor you can climb a ladder and hide up high in yeah uh i i set up my my core with the hideout and the orc for and pretty aggressive point they're they're up on a building with high line of sight they don't have anywhere to guts to uh, just because that's how the table's gonna work. Right. Um, and then uh, on one one side, I put my heavy infantry Harris, and then on the other side, i I pick the uh, I put the Guija down. Uh, he puts his stuff down pretty evenly spread. Um, I noticed that the Guija has a route to uh, drop a flashbot and drop them on Tessa. I know both of them have mimetism, so this is probably gonna suck. Uh, but the the, the Guija is able to get up there and drop them both unconscious. My classified is Predator. So I'm like, all right, I did all the work to drop these guys unconscious. I got two unconscious bodies in front of me. I'm going to go get this, get these coup de gras. Um, right. I, I have to, I have to fight a helot to do it. It takes me a couple orders to get the hellet out of the way. And then I get ready to do my coups. And then he breaks camo on the cutter. And starts arrowing my guija. He, yeah. he he lets me fight the hellet for a couple orders, not breaking camo, but waits until there's no uh, you know way for me to pivot and now target the cutter. Now that he's broken camo, he waits until you know I'm kind of low on orders, yeah. um, and I'm like, all right, I gotta gotta fight the cutter now. So I try the face to face, take an explosive hit in, fail two saves, trying to retreat, take a hit out, fail two saves, Guija's off the table. Oof. Um, yeah, and then the uh, the flashbot I got down and the montessa I got down are right next to an engineer palbot and a linked fuselayer paramedic. Yeah. Uh, so his turn comes up. He just gets them both up, and uh, then the kamal goes to work. Uh, it takes a couple orders, but he drops my orc unconscious. Uh, the orc Feuerbach that was on ARO duty, and then he tries the hideout sniper, and the hideout sniper actually kills the kamau uh, in in ARO. Uh, I was surprised that he didn't just go to town with the cutter, um, but he's just a, 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 a conservative, play it safe player. You know, the the, the cutter was really his end game, and uh, I could tell by the way he was playing, it was going to take a lot to make him risk it at all. Right. Um, and so once once the kamau is down, the uh cutter rolls up and, and drops the high down down um moves back to a better spot and and camos back up uh my turn comes back around uh i'm, I'm down a good amount of orders we just dead I, I got two hi down uh i'm able to heal them both up with my fuselier paramedic that was in the link hmm. uh and then i reform my link i move them up a little bit and then i move my harris uh up as well into one of the upper floors of the ruined building so a pretty safe area that I'm pretty sure is in the uh, what's it called in Frostbite the Frost Zone or the
0: is it the, the one in the middle or the one the... in the middle yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then his uh, so I, I don't really have much to do aside from uh, heal my guys up and posture a bit more uh, his turn comes back around. He fires up the tag, kills the hideout, knocks the orc back unconscious, uh, and parks the uh, tag in the frost zone. I couldn't really tell from my angle on the table, and it was kind of getting dark, but it was definitely in the frost zone. Yeah. Uh, and then my final turn uh, rolls around, and I... I miss I'm really misjudging the distance and I think the tag is out of the frost zone. So I actually find this fun play where I find the line of sight on his machinist with my HMG, uh, or Lieutenant, and I'm able to take him out. Uh, and then I was able to get Valeria up the board and intuitive attack with the zapper and knock the tag out. Oof. Um, and, and the machinist. So the tag's just dead in the water. Um, and then I look at the table from the side and realize that I just wasted my last turn because <laughs> this thing is still going to cost 97 points in the zone, even though it's broken down. Right. Um, so, yeah, not uh, not super proud of that one. Josh played a really great game. He uh, really played a, a, a by the book safe runalist, list, and I just crashed and burned into it.
2: Yeah. Um, Did he some- have a? Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, uh, no, 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 you go ahead.
0: Did he have a hacker to, in case he possessed his cutter?
1: So he um had only one, well he had two hackers. He had a fuselier hacker that was in the core, and his snow trooper was a Kamau or a, a Zulu Cobra killer hacker okay. uh, that he used to get some classifieds done with.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And then his lieutenant was the cutter. Yeah. Uh. And and he he didn't even use hidden deployment. He wasn't even going to risk, you know, not getting it on the table. Right. right. Um, but yeah, just, just those hard arrows uh, wrecked my tag and then my list wasn't varied enough. So it was like, if the tag couldn't cut it, what are these HI going to do? You know, and they 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 stood their ground with AROs, and they got back up when they got healed and I was able to pick some more stuff off, but I was just too far behind and then I wasted my last turn on a, a, a trick play because I, kind of misjudged distance. So he, he took that one handedly. I don't know if I even scored any objective points in that one.
2: Ooh.
0: All right. Well, so uh, round one went well, and then it just sort of, you know, spiraled downhill from there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, all in all, it was a really fun day. Um, yeah. You know, I'm uh, I'm a Baruna player myself, so it kind of felt like maybe karma a little bit <laughs> that I was, I was getting a little bit of what I've been dishing out for the past couple of years right um yeah but uh it was it was great to play against uh two players i'd never played with before um it was great to get everybody together see everybody's tables see you know what everybody was feeling for armies i feel like we all had a lot of fun games oh yeah Uh, it was it was uh really great to get the group together we had an awesome prize pool for our garage tournament um Cameron had uh, been planning a a tournament uh, in his travels that had fallen through and he'd already bought in the prize pool for it. So he just rolled that over to us. So he had a ton of fun blisters for us to pick from uh, based off our placing. I was pretty much middle of the pack uh, as far as my placing because I had a win, a draw and a loss. So I was pretty like uh, neutral, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was towards the bottom one win and two losses and, uh, I still got a blister.
1: Sure. Yeah. Every, everybody had a good time. Everybody ate a bunch of pizza. Everybody drank a bunch of
2: beers. Right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, you ran, you ran lists. One sounds like it was pretty similar to what you've been practicing for a while. Another one was a, a Guija. What's the, uh, what are the big takeaways? What are the things you would do differently in the future or, uh, you know,
1: well, my first list, the double guilin list, uh, I made a lot of choices specifically because of decapitation and mind wipe. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely, if I was retooling this list for another mission, I'd probably drop out Liang Kai and Hawkwood and just see what else I could do with that 62 points. Um, and then also, uh, both of these lists have that fifth Fusilier who's just a combat rifle guy, not even a Lieutenant. And I, I personally cannot stand units uh, like that who are bringing really nothing to the list except a warm body. You know, I want a repeater or something. Like I, I hate, I hate bringing units that I feel like I have a 0% chance to activate. So that's something that I'm definitely going to be uh, cutting in future lists and just taking the hit to my BS from the cores and, um, because I don't really feel like this guy standing around with his combi rifle is worth that 1 BS anymore and I would really rather redistribute that, those 10 points elsewhere in my list.
0: Yeah, try to get a second Varangian or something.
1: Yeah, especially now that they have trench hammers. Oh, oh my gosh, those are going right. to be those are going to be uh, really awesome.
0: Yeah, or get uh, a CSU then, with some defensive templates.
1: Yeah. And then, and then on top of that, uh, white company has uh, a double double beast hunters now. So that's another thing I would sure. definitely take in mind. White is two beast hunters, and probably two two Varangians with uh, trench hammers, and and try to get those servers popped that way. Yeah. Um, and list two, uh, as I said earlier, the tool the toolbox was just too similar. Um, the the BS fourteen tag wasn't enough to punch through, so these HI didn't really have much of a chance. Um, you know, like a, the, the Guija and the Orcs are a similar shot. Um, and I was kind of all in. I was expecting to do a lot more damage to uh, to him with my first turn. Um, but nope, he blew up my tag and immediately regenerated all the damage I did. And then <laughs> all, my, all my guys were on ARO duty because I thought he was going to be pretty roughed up by the time my tag was done with him. Um, so I just kind of got shut out. Uh, I still ended the game with uh, uh, four live... HI. So it was actually competitive over controlling the list and, or controlling the zone. And if I had, uh, frozen that cutter out of, out of the zone, like I thought it was, right. um, uh, <laughs> sun was going down. Couldn't really tell, I guess. Um, but, uh, they, they, they hung in there, but just not enough to overpower a cutter.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's sort of the thing with the cutter is, uh, it's, it's hard to kill
1: yeah um and and you know that's that's kind of like my my go-to with stuff like that is uh that's why i bring valeria so much because she's just such a tag right anti-tag multi-tool um and uh you know her, her her trick worked it just wasn't the right time for it
2: right all right cool
0: i uh looking back on mine i i think the the big takeaway i mean for the hospitality list it's i think pretty straightforward right bringing that big core link with heavy infantry and mendoza is not ideal it means that i'm not able to bring as many threat factors if i drop mendoza i can get a peacemaker and an ad troop or a trinitarian or something where i can have another angle to attack from
1: yeah and and you know both both Mendoza and your hospitaler link are, are gonna get countered by the same things. So if you right. so kinda yeah, same same thing with my uh uh Guija list. Right. T- too much too much uh too much plate, <laughs> too much armor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the uh I do like the hospitaler link. I like it as a firebase. It is it is real good at resisting i mean it it can survive most things right unless it's a tag or a link shangji with the aphmg shooting at it they've got a real good chance of winning a face-to-face or you know making enough armor saves that they're going to be okay
1: they have really strong survival stats definitely um that 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 link is a pretty nice uh hacking battering ram too yeah um there's there's not a much better tool that you can charge into a repeater with than uh the uh Santiago's or order first yeah, yeah the they're, person yeah. they're
0: behind a tin bot is uh is pretty gross
1: yeah um they're they're a great a great pair uh
0: and then uh the other list i i think it it sort of helped me remember exactly and you know part of this is just being rusty after the pandemic and, you know, I got a bunch of games in over the summer and, but the last couple months have been pretty slow with holidays and then getting COVID and things yeah. slowing down. And yeah.
1: there. I feel like we were kind of all on a three month hiatus there. Right.
0: But remembering the, the value of an, ind- an undetermined threat, right? Your opponent knows that you've got, a few models off the table and it could be a hidden deployed sniper it could be an ad troop coming on later and those are those are things that'll force your player your opponent to you know it puts that mental stress on them right they've got to check their facing at the end of their movement they've got to you know look at long fire lanes to make sure they're not overexposing themselves and and i think those are really powerful tools to bring to the table and worth losing a couple of those very valuable fifteen slots too.
1: Sure. It gives it gives you a lot of flexibility in how you approach the table and then also taxes your opponent, you know, uh right. taxes them orders for being cautious. Yeah. Or they're not cautious and then they eat a sniper round to their lieutenant who's not the fire team leader or something right. like that. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although honestly, even with the BS twelve, most of the time I end up doing that. Even if I catch them out of cover, I usually miss the shot.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I've personally written off that type of unit. I don't even take Swiss missile anymore. Like I've I rolled the nineteen on eighteen. It's just uh, it's it's too heartbreaking, and I just I just can't let it happen to myself again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I uh, I I do really like uh when you have the opportunity to. To have that, the Swiss, Swiss Guard is a really good example where you've got the, the Missile Launcher and the HMG, similar cost, right? Where you have the opportunity to have that threat, but then you can bring that more aggressive high burst piece that is really good for the active turn. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of value in that. Forcing your opponent to have to consider what it might be and then having the option to be real aggressive with it.
1: You definitely have to uh, kind of show your hand with it at some point, right? Like, like let your mate know that that's a possibility in, in your lists before. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's good to, you know, then occasionally run the uh, Swiss missile. uh, Even, even if you know, it's going to fail just so that your opponents are, are expecting it.
1: (sighs) Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make the threat real, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I think those are those are my big takeaways. Any uh, anything come up for you? Any last thoughts that you want to throw out there before we wrap? Mm,
2: m-
1: me as a player, uh, I-, I need to work on the the round three fatigue because uh, uh, at a lot of the events, when I when it comes to that third game of the day, I'm I'm fried. You know, my yeah. my my brain is mush. I'm making bad choices. Uh, I'm having trouble remembering what my initial game plan was. I'm having trouble sticking to it, um, or you know, maybe I'm not really applying it correctly. Uh, I've I've been to several IS uh, uh, ITSs so far. I've I've only lost in the third game of them. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm definitely noticing a noticing a trend that I uh, I get warmed up with the first game. I play pretty good in the second game, and then I drop off sharply in the third game.
0: Yeah, you know that. That reminds me, and it's it's probably a few years old now, there was a, an episode of White Noise a while back, uh, and I'm probably going to get his name wrong, but I think it's Lockie Carter. He talked about preparing for events and he he brings a notepad he writes out his his plan of this is what this unit is here for this is how i want to deploy it this is how i want it to you know where i want to spend orders on it what i want it to accomplish and i think there's a lot to be said for having having those notes in front of you especially when that fatigue sets in
1: yeah if, if i had had you know some note cards or, or just, just, just my thoughts composed to Mm kind of coach myself with before the game, maybe I would have played a little better. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I usually those third games, I just tell myself I'm going to, I'm going to get out there and roll some dice and see how it goes. And this is the second time that I've done that with a Guija in the last round of an event and the Guija got blown up early. So (laughs) uh, there may need to be some, some reevaluation on my part to how I'm approaching these final rounds.
0: There you go. All right. Um, Cool. Well, uh, I guess really the the big shout out, I think we both wanted to throw out there is uh, thank Chris for hosting um, and all the work that he does to moderate and, you know, facilitate the, the group that he's got going.
1: Yeah. Chris, uh, really puts himself out there for our, uh, for our play group and lets us throw rowdy infinity parties in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this one was great. Uh, I'm really glad that we got, uh, really almost the whole gang together. You know, this, this event was, uh, was pretty much full as soon as we thought it up and yeah. and everybody was really able to make it in the end uh and i i, we, I really look forward to doing this again and doing this more uh, I, I really enjoy list building for this uh y- you know coming up with our own our own little three missions that we practice in the group and all all hone mm-hmm. um it was it was nice to get some guys from out of our regular play group to come by. Like it was really, really, uh, fun that Ruben and Josh came by. Yeah. Um, it was, it was just really cool to see new faces, uh, roll a lot of dice with them and, uh, get my buck, get my butt kicked pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good time. Even, even when you lose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's one of the, the great things about infinity is, you know, there are definitely ex- exceptions to this, but you always really kind of feel like you're in it. Um, you know, especially since there are, there are ways to still score tournament points, even though you're going to lose, you know, so there's, there's a, a lot of incentive to stay, to stay a good sport and and, and see it through and try to get all your OPs and, um, you know, even, uh even if at the end of the day you lose, well, you did it with a bear, so it doesn't count.
2: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> True enough. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll call it a wrap there, and thank you, listeners, for for joining us. And I'll keep an eye out if Raymond is kind enough to allow us to, you know, usurp his his Whip Twelve stamp. Uh, I'll, I'll, look and see what the response is and if this is something that listeners would be interested in again, or if, if there's something we should change about it or, you know, do something totally different. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. This was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we, we play a lot of ITS style games and, and really have an ITS style mindset. Uh, so we, we put a lot of thought into our, our list building, uh, and it's really cool to share that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Kevin. And, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the sign-off for Whip 12 I've totally blanked. Uh,
1: Don't put me on the spot.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, Don't roll over 12, I guess. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. It's roll lots
1: of crits. Roll lots of crits, right?
0: There we go. Okay. Cool. Roll lots of crits. Have a wonderful night.